Let us know how it impacted you. Send your feedback, testimony, prayer request, or ask Dr. Kim a question for a future episode to hello at kimmoss.com. When you give to Kim Moss Ministries, you are making an investment ministries. Dr. Kim has several resources to help you move. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Move Forward Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kim Moss, and we are in part two of a word of the Lord, actually, message about being shrewd and about the times and season that we're in. I told you last week, and you'll want to get that message if you didn't hear it so that you can be caught up to today. But I told you last week that I'd been talking to Chuck Pierce, and he mentioned that now we're in a time and season that is so important for us to be shrewd, people who are shrewd. And I know that in our, in our culture, the word shrewd usually has a negative connotation. But listen, the Bible has a lot to say about being shrewd. So I told you last week that that on the day of the 2016 elections that the Lord came to me and he said this extraordinary thing. He asked me a question. If you knew you only had four years to do business freely, what would you put in place now? And I asked you not to get political on me. And I asked you to think with me about how these kinds of questions that are provocative, that provoke us, um, cause us to begin to have a paradigm shift in our understanding, in our thought life, so that we can think new things, so that we can think in new ways or in new directions, so that we can be strategic for a time to come. And we are in that time right now. And I also told you to remember that if nothing changes, nothing changes. I know we're in a time of great change. But whenever we're in a time of great change, that means there, there will be great opportunity. And in order to take advantage of those opportunities that will come our way, we must be a people who are shrewd. So let's talk more about this. I read you a story. It's actually a parable in Luke chapter 16, verses 1 to 9, where Jesus tells of a crisis that comes to a manager. And the manager, actually the owner of the business, says to the manager, turn in your accounts. You can no longer be the manager. And the manager says to himself, what am I going to do? I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. Well, I've decided what I will do so that when I'm removed from the management, people may receive me into their houses. You see, what's going on here is that a shift has come. There's been a major change, a crisis. And, and this manager in scripture, in this parable has fallen out of favor with his boss. The manager was shrewd because in a time of crisis and change that threatened his ability to prosper. Are you hearing me? See, prosperity is not just about money, people of God. Prosperity is about your health. It's about your business, about your ministry. It's about your relationships. It's about your family and marriage. It's not just also about individuals. It can be about an entire city. You know, in Proverbs, it says, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. And so Jesus was trying to teach us something about being shrewd. At the end of the parable, he says this interesting thing. He says that, that the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. But we are supposed to be the sons of light. We're supposed to understand what's going on in times and seasons so that we can take a right action in the right times that are appointed by God. So right now we're in a season of warfare. We're in a season of great change. We're in a season where there's all kinds of, of unrest and, and, and 
everything seems to be divided and many people are becoming afraid about the finances, about all kinds of very, of, of various things. But if we will be shrewd in this time, you see what, what happened in Luke chapter 16 is that this manager, he, he wakes up to what's going on, to the crisis around him. And he seizes the opportunity to turn things in his favor. He makes new decisions. What he did actually was he allowed the adversity of the moment, the crisis, the adversity to stimulate creativity so that he could have strategy to thrive for the future. This is where we're at. These are the things that we need to be thinking about. I know you're tired. I know things have been hard for a long time. I know that the warfare has been un relenting. Life has been unrelenting. We have, we have had things happen in our families. We've had things happen in our own bodies. We've had things happen in business and finance, in our nation, in politics, everywhere we turn change is happening. Unrest is happening. There is adversity everywhere. But if you will allow God to stimulate creative strategy in you, will if you will allow the adversity to stimulate new ways of thinking about things, listen, you're going to begin to thrive in the midst of it. We just need to hang on. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't rest. You shouldn't take, you shouldn't take a time out. You shouldn't, we need to be having a little fun now and then. Sometimes you need to get away from the TV, away from the politics. Sometimes you need to come out of, of, of dysfunctional relationships. You need to come away from the noise. All of those things are still true, but I'm trying to set you up for your future here because everything is changing right now. That's why all of the unrest, that's why it feels so unrelenting. It's because every, we're having tectonic changes. It's like an earthquake in the spirit and it's causing an earthquake in the culture. And we need to be those who think differently in this time. So see the, the steward, the, the shrewd manager, he changes the way he does business. He changed his loyalties and his alignments, and he began to use the resources and the position that was available to him in that moment to take advantage of the situation. And as he does, he, he shifts things into his favor and secures his future beyond the present. And Jesus compares him to the sons of light. So what's the point? The point is he was shrewd and it's time for us also to be shrewd. Listen, I know that change is difficult and it's easy to get afraid when things begin to change because there's lots of unknowns and there are, and we won't exactly know how things are going to fall into place for a time. Listen, this is going to continue for a time, but I also know that if nothing changes, nothing changes. And we have been praying for a breakthrough for a long time. We have been asking God for a revival for a long time. And, and just like in the 1960s, we talked about this last week, it was a setup. It turned out in the spirit to be a setup for the 1970s Jesus movement. And then in the 80s and the 90s was the, was the great charismatic revivals, Toronto and, and, and Brownsville and all of these various moves of God. And I'm telling you that God is setting us up for a great harvest, for an evangelistic movement, a holiness movement, and for a move of God that is unprecedented in my lifetime. 
So listen, I want you to think about things. I want you to think about it this way. Listen, if you're in a car and you're trying to steer it, have you ever tried to steer a car when it's at when it's at a dead stop? You you can't even you can't even turn the steering wheel because even the power steering is not really engaged yet. But the minute you start to move, it's easy to turn the wheel and you can get around the bend. And that's where we are. Why does it happen? Well, when you do the study on it, listen, it's because there is a static friction that happens when something is 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 not moving. That's what it means to be stasis, static. And, and when it begins to move, you overcome the initial static friction. And when you overcome the initial static friction, you are able to make the turn. So see, something has to change. Things have to move. And so when the changes come, it's overcoming the static friction in our lives, the places where we've been stuck, the places where our culture has been stuck, the places where our nation has been stuck, the places where we personally have been stuck, the places where certain relationships have been stuck. Now, I know that as we begin to move and we begin to turn the corner, sometimes that means leaving things behind. And yes, that that means that we have to face the change. We have to face some loss. We have to face some things that will be left behind. And that hurts. And I, and I understand that now, please don't misunderstanding me, stand me. I know that many of you have lost friends and family in this time of COVID, this, this horrible sickness that has come upon the earth. And however you believe about it, again, I'm going to ask you, don't get political on me here. Don't be sending me messages that are politically inspired. Okay. I want to just talk to you like the nurse that I was years ago and out of the kindness of the Lord, I understand that many of you have lost friends and family and you are grieving. And I'm not saying that was a good change in your life. That is not what I'm saying. And you, and I, and I want you to know that, that Jesus is acquainted with loss and grief. He's a man acquainted with sorrow. And because in his body and his humanness, he suffered things just like a human. He experienced our, our human condition. He can sympathize with what you're going through. So please don't hear that when I, when I tell you that change allows us to come turn the corner and leave certain things behind. I'm not talking about not being able to grieve those friends and family that were taken out by this horrible sickness and plague that we've been under. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about different kinds of changes and leavings. Sometimes it's a dysfunctional relationship that has been abusive to us for a very long time, and it's time to leave those things. And we say we want it to change, but then when things start to change, we get nervous and we get afraid of the, of the unknown in the future. When sometimes, sometimes our finances begin to change and when we have to leave our home, we have to leave our job, we, our jobs change, things happen. And, and, and these changes in our lives, though painful, they often, very often, God will use that to bring us into something brand new. Now, I'm not saying that he didn't cause, cause the suffering in your life, but he uses the suffering in your life and he uses the change that happens in your life. So if you will be available for the change and if you will allow him to comfort you in the, in the loss and the suffering, then you're going to see that Romans eight is really true where he says he uses all things together for our good. He will, he will turn all things together for the good of those who are, who are 
called according to Christ Jesus. He knows who you are. I just want to pray for you right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, for those who are hurting and who've been suffering, Lord God, who've had experienced great loss in this time, Lord God, where the enemy just came in and stole from them. Father, right now, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you bring comfort? You are the comforter. Jesus, would you would you make them tangibly aware of your presence and that you are the man who are, is acquainted with sorrow and grief and you know how to comfort them in this time. Bring comfort. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are facing these crazy turbulent times in the world. And as we face crisis and major change, we must begin to see and assess every situation with candor. That means that we we face it really. We don't just say, oh, Jesus has got this. No, Josie, Jesus wants us to look at it in the reality of the situation and then allow him to speak into that situation, bring us revelational understanding of where things are at and where things are going so that we can make quality sound decisions that will affect the future for the advancement of the kingdom and for our good. Listen, we cannot serve culture and politics and take our place in the kingdom of God. It's time to think and act like kingdom people. And that means that we're going to need to be shrewd in this time. All of the unprecedented change that we're going through, they're also going to make present us with unprecedented opportunity. So if we are afraid of change, and afraid of the crisis that will come, then we won't be able to step into those opportunities. So I'm trying to help you now think differently, see things differently so that you'll be able to step in when the time comes. And so let's talk about shrewdness. Listen, I understand that for many, shrewdness is like um, slimy. It's like a, a you know, <laughs> you're probably way too young to remember this, but we used to have door-to-door uh, -door salespeople that would come to the house. They'd knock on your door and they'd give you a slick presentation, you know. And of course, even even Jesus said that there are those who take advantage of the of the elderly and of those who um, who are naive, and so shrewdness is like that. It can it can be like that. It can be it can be snaky and slimy, and it can be manipulative, and it can take advantage of people's naivete or their ignorance. It can be very manipulative and suspect, and we should be suspect of that. Um, but shrewd isn't only that. You see, I think sometimes when we take a word only in its one connotation, then we miss we miss the part where God would want to teach us about that particular word or character trait or or understanding. And shrewd, the word shrewd in the in the Greek and the Hebrew has many connotations. And you would be very surprised as we go through this as what it actually means. And there's a very positive connotation that comes with the word shrewd. And this is what Jesus is talking about, you know, when he says the sons of this world are more shrewd than the sons of light in dealing with their generation. See, we as the sons of light, we need to be shrewd, but we need to be shrewd in the way that Jesus would be glorified. <laughs> We're not to do the enemy's bidding ever. We're not to we're not to conduct business with manipulation, with with taking 
unfair advantage of people. We're not supposed to deal in with in anything in our life, in relationship, in business, in family, in ministry. We're not supposed to be shrewd in that way, but we are supposed to be shrewd in the positive way that Jesus begins to speak of when we study the word shrewd. So what does it mean to be shrewd? Well, shrewd defined by the Greek is the word phronimos. And this word can be, again, positive or negative, much like personality character shrinks. I like to, I like to say it's like when, you, when you're dating someone and then you get married, you know, the things that you love about your spouse. You know, you see, you see young people, I love them. I love how creative they are. You get married and then, and then they complain, I, I hate how impractical they are, right? I love how easygoing they are. And then they start to complain that, that their spouse is passive. I love how organized they are and then it becomes picky decisive becomes controlling discerning can be critical leader being a leader being being having a leadership gift can be bossy right being tender can be whiny becoming gentle or being a gentle soul can can be called wimpy right so see there's negative and positive about many words that we use and many character traits there are strengths and weaknesses we have strengths and weaknesses that are actually two sides of the same coin and it's the same thing with shrewd so shrewd can be cunning it can be crafty it can mean achieving the one's end by deceitful or indirect or manipulative methods. But it also can be positive. It can mean that it's thoughtful, meaning that they think strategically and they understand the ins and out, ins and outs of a situation before they make a decision. It can mean sagacious. That word means that you have keen mental discernment and judgment. It means you can discern between, between whether this is the enemy or something that is good for us to do or something that will end positively or end with a, with, um, with, uh, uh, gaining something positive or if it, or if it's actually a, a distraction or something sent by the enemy that will send us into a future that we really do not want to step into. It can mean having good judgment. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean judgmental or self-righteous. It means having good judgment, meaning that I can, I can tell that with whether this is going to end in something good and positive, or if this is going to end in something bad or negative, if this is going to harm, or if this is going to heal. It can also mean something discreet. It can, it can mean being discreet. Listen, there are many more of us, especially at this time, please hear me, who need to learn discretion. What is discretion? It means that you can keep a secret. It means that you can be told something by a person and that you're not gossiping about it with the next person you come in contact with. Sometimes when we release something we know too soon, sometimes when we hear about a situation and we step into it too soon to try and fix it. It means we haven't allowed God to work. We haven't seen the fullness of that situation. What is it that Proverbs, Proverbs will say, you know, that, that things look one way when you hear it from one person until you hear the next person's uh, understanding of that same situation. Listen, sometimes we need to be discreet. 
means we need to be circumspect in our speech and our actions. We need to know when to act and when not to act. We need to know when to speak and when not to speak. We need to be wise in our speech and our actions if we are going to avoid bringing offense but gain an advantage for the kingdom of God. Shrewdness can also mean prudent. It means that we can plan and act with thoughts toward the future. See, when we're not prudent, it means we rush into things without thinking. And that's never a good idea, can I just tell you. Now, sometimes we are in a moment in time when you have to make a, a, a decision immediately, right then and there. I've been in many of those decisions, many of those moments. Being a nurse, I was a labor and delivery nurse for many years. And there were often times when a baby would be born and some problem that could not be detected by ultrasound or, or CAT scan, these kinds of things. Um, would show up after the baby's born. And I, I wouldn't know beforehand, so I couldn't plan anything, but I would have to act on the knowledge that I had gained beforehand. See, this is why it is so important to think through. This is why that question that God asked me in the beginning is so important to allow it to provoke me to have a new paradigm of thinking so that I can learn, so that I can be taught, so that I can do the research that is necessary so that when the moment comes, then I can act immediately making a good judgment and then, and then acting with a decision that will have a good outcome. So, but being prudent means that you plan beforehand. So planning beforehand with understanding about the future, where you want to go, what God wants to do, how you, you know, there, there is no one who goes into a situation, especially nursing or certain kinds of business without first getting trained, without first getting the, the teaching and the understanding and the training and the equipping that you need. This is being prudent. It's planning and acting with thought toward the future. The next thing that shrewdness means in scripture, it means acumen. Now, acumen is the ability. It's an ability to make good judgments and quick decisions. Like having a business acumen means that you have an anointing for it. We would say, we would say in, in ministry that you have an anointing for that, meaning you have a God-given gift for that that you can easily, uh, with great understanding and insight that comes naturally to you, um, you have this ability to make good judgments and quick decisions. Now, acumen can also be learned. It comes from being prudent and having planning and learning, being trained and equipped. But it also is a gift and a talent that God gives and, and it comes with the Holy Spirit. So all of us can have this acumen. So these are the things that scripture begins to talk about. And we will talk about that next week. Uh, these are the positive aspects of shrewdness. So I want you to remember that not everything about being shrewd is negative. There are many positive aspects about being shrewd. Next week, we're going to talk about exactly what the Bible says about being shrewd. So you have understanding and a biblical basis for the activities and the actions and the way of thinking that I am encouraging you to have for the future. We're going to be prudent right now. We are prudently planning 
and taking action for our future. I'm so glad you've been with me. Thank you for listening to the Move Forward podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim Moss. Please share this with someone who needs to hear it. And if you haven't already, subscribe to my YouTube channel and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram so you can hear more about being shrewd and hear more about what the Lord is saying for these times. God bless you and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for the Move Forward podcast. We would love for you to rate this podcast and share it with a friend. You can connect with Dr. Kim on social media. For those links and more, visit her website, kimmoss.com. Host Dr. Kim Moss leads Kim Moss Ministries and Women of Our Time. She is the author of Prophetic Community, The Way of the Kingdom, Facing Ziklag, and The Four Questions. You can find those books on Amazon. Remember, never throw away your confidence. It is time to move forward.